songs. And um, I just felt like the Lord was just sharing some stuff for him and for myself. And um, so then I, on Wednesday, um, Kelly and Jonathan and I get together and we pray over our church. And, and um, so we did that on Wednesday. We came here and we came in here and just started praying. But, but I said, you know what, Jonathan, I just, and what I, I asked Pastor Greg if it's okay if I share it because I don't want, it, I don't want this to sound bad towards him. So please understand it's, this is not a knock on, on Pastor Greg at all, Okay. But when, like, when you buy a house, what do you do? You pray over your house, right? And you, you regardless of who lived in it before, there could be great people. And, and Pastor Greg's a great person, you know, and, and, and a great pastor. And so this isn't, a, isn't there for that. But I said, Jonathan, when was the last time we prayed over our house as a leadership team, just as pastors, to sort of clean house? And... Um, and I told Kelly, and I, I was just like, I just really feel like we're supposed to do that. And, you know, and, and we just couldn't remember if we ever did. And so what we did is we, we anointed the stage, and we anointed our, you know, the, the, the building and the, and the sanctuary, and, and just prayed God to, to do something. And the word that kept on coming to mind is different. Different. And I, and I told Jonathan later that day, because Kelly, Kelly had to go, and, and I was just like, Lord, or Jonathan Lord's telling me I, we're different we're supposed to be something different than the rest of our community we're not supposed to be like grace we're not supposed to be like new life we're supposed to be different there's a reason why he put us on this hill and the word different was the only thing that came to my mind. And I'm just like, that's the only thing. But I want to be different. I want to stand out in the world. Not in a way that's like, oh, look at Bo. Because I don't want that. I want to walk differently and talk differently. And people say, Man, there's something about him. And see God's glory upon him or upon me. I want our church to be different. And so this week, Jonathan was like, hey, there's some stuff going on in Dallas. Can I go? Do you feel like it's okay to go? I know he talked to the elders and talked to me, talked to Becky. And I'm like, go. Go, just go. And, um, of course, I wasn't really anticipating everything that was supposed to happen, but so Jonathan left and went, and, and I bless him in that um, because there's some revival meetings that are going on, and, and um, we've been talking about just, Lord, doing stuff in our church and revival starting in our church, and what better way is to, to send our pastor somewhere to get refreshed, renewed, rejuvenated, and, and, and catch something and bring it back. It's better than even bringing somebody in. And so I'm like, man, dude, you need to go. And I was like, the Lord already told me that this morning something's different. And so this morning and what I feel like the Lord was sharing was, 
going on the heels of what Becky was sharing, and even with, with Kathy. And, and Jonathan got done, and he, 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 he left, and he's like, Bo, you know, prepare something, because there's got to be something. And um, so I just started, Lord, what do you want to say? What do you want to do? And um, you can't find everything on the Internet, but I looked, and, and like, as I was going, there was a quote that Bill Johnson put on his Facebook and it struck me to the core. And it went to exactly what Becky shared. And I felt, feel like, in a sense, this is where the direction that the Lord wanted to go this morning. And it was simple. He said, has any of you received a word from the Lord? Maybe for an example, it is that you will see people miraculously be healed. But then you have someone close to you pass away. What do you do? Do you assume you haven't heard from the Lord correctly? Or do you dig your heels in and fight for what God has shown you and spoken to you over your life? And I said, that's it. That's what God wants to do. That this will be a place that we dig our heels in and hold on to the word of God, what he spoke to us as individuals and as a church. See, when, when a word is spoken over you, over our church, over you individually, what does it do? It creates conflict. It, it, it brings conflict because the Lord spoke something and the enemy's trying to rob, steal, and destroy it. So when the Lord speaks, the enemy's coming to destroy it no matter what, and he's going to do whatever it takes to destroy it. The Lord planted this, this church here how many years ago? And from the moment of its birth, I promise you, the enemy's trying to rob, steal, and destroy this church. Because it ticked off. I would use the P word, but I don't want to offend anybody. But it ticked off the enemy. And so I said, Jonathan, we've got to clean this house. We want this to be a place of, of, of just the Lord just working and doing whatever he wants to do. We've got to say, God, let's anoint this, this, this altar. Because the altar, it needs to be filled. And I don't mean that as a knock. I need to be here just as much as everybody else. What are some of the words that God has spoken into you many, many years ago? Maybe it's those words that you are going to see miraculous things happen. And you're just sitting here. You come to church on Sunday and you're like, yes, I'm coming on Sunday. I'm here, God. When am I going to see this happen? And the thing is, is that are you just going to sit or are you going to dig in those heels and say, no, I want to see the fullness of the glory of God. Because too many of us sit here and do this. I'm a good Christian. God promised me that I'm going to see things happen. And I'm guilty of it too. 
But are we going to stay and say, no, I want to see the fullness of God. I want to see what God has in store for me. Because what he has in store for me is something far greater than what I have in store for myself. See, if we look at Joseph and the story of Joseph, Joseph had a dream. His dream was that his brothers were going to bow before him and things were going to happen. But it was about 25 years that passed before that dream came to fulfillment. He was traded into slavery. He was thrown into jail, accused of, of sexual assault or whatever you want to say. He was torn down and beaten. But 25 years later, God brought him to save his family. But as I read the story of Joseph, I don't see him just twiddling his thumbs. It was whatever his hand findeth to do, he glorified God in it. What is your hand finding to do right now in this moment? That's why this morning, it's not about the song that's being played. I loved the moment when Kelly and the worship team stopped and just said, just cry out your own song. Because there's something that happens when we utter the inside of us, we utter the, the presence or our, our own words are worshiped up to the Lord. Whether that's singing in tongues, whether that's just, Lord, you're worthy of our praise. Lord, you're holy, you're faithful, you're true, God. Whatever it is, there's something that happens inside of us when we worship our own way. See, the songs are just to get us to that place because some of us need help. But it's in that meantime, in that time that the Lord is trying to do something, the Lord's trying to do something even right now. I believe he's giving you back those dreams and those visions that he's given you, that you've seen things that start to happen. He's bringing back to remembrance those things. See, then there's a story of Moses. Moses, from the moment he was born, the enemy tried to destroy him. And I feel like Moses is such a great story of my own life. See, Moses, God promised the Israelites the land. He showed them all the plagues in Exodus 4 through 12. He freed them from Egypt in Exodus 13, destroyed the army of the Egyptians in Exodus 14, then provided water in Exodus 17, the quail and manna in Exodus 16, or 18, excuse me. And, or, yeah, and then God defeated the Amaleks in Exodus 17. So you can read all those stories of what God did and how amazing God was. But there was something that happened. I want to say they got bored. 
They look to their past, not what God did, but they look to their past of the Egyptians, and they said, let's build a golden calf. Man, God just did all these things in their life. God showed them miracles. God showed them. They delivered them from the, the Egyptians. And then they built a golden calf. How many of us, I'm raising my hand, you don't have to raise your hand. God has shown you so many different things. And you look to your past, the struggles, and the things. Instead of looking to what God provided and God did, you looked at the things that so easily entangled you. Why? Because the enemy's trying to rob, steal, and destroy you. We were created to ple- for pleasure. Our mind was to, to, to seek pleasure from the most holy God. And so we look to those things instead of looking to the Lord. Our identity is found in that instead of our identity found in what God wants to do and what God's called us to do. I said, God designed us for pleasure. And that's why we seek things. You know, it may be Speak mine. Mine's hunting. It may be hunting. I love to hunt. There's nothing wrong. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with it. But does it take away from what I'm supposed to be doing with God? You may like fill in the blank. Does it take you away from what you're supposed to be doing with God? Does it take your mind off of where you're supposed to be going? There's those pleasures that happen. That's why it's so easy the enemy knows, hey, I could just tempt him with this. And I could just do this. Because if I do this, then I got them. See, in Psalm 16, 7 through 11, it says, I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart um, instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. For you will not abandon my soul or let your Holy One see corruption. You make known to me the paths of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Another version states, your presence fills me and brings me pleasure forevermore. See, in God's presence, there's fulfillment. And that's what God wants to do. Those dreams that you've had for so long, what are you doing with them? Are you twiddling your thumbs or are you pressing in to God's presence for the fullness of his pleasure?
See, it's going back to the Israelites. They did all these things, but Moses knew what to do. In Exodus 33, it's one of my favorite scripture verses or passages. And I'm going to sum it up. But it's basically because of the golden calf, God said, I'm not going with you. You can go. You can go to the, you can go to the land that I promised you. Go ahead and go. But I'm not going with you because if I go with you, I'm going to kill you, basically. But Moses said no. And this is paraphrasing it, okay? You have to go with us. And so what did he do? He got in the presence of the Lord. He went to the tent of meetings, and as he went to the tent, he would pray. He, and and I don't, it doesn't say what he prayed, but I guarantee he prayed and said, God, you have to go with us. You have to go with us because if you don't go with us, we're going to get destroyed anyways. So we need you. And so the thing was is that Moses would stay there and he would, then at the end he would leave and, and he'd pass by everybody. But everybody would stand at the end of the, at, the, the, at their tents as he passed. And by Moses doing that, God went with them. Why? Because I believe that he saw the heart of Moses saying, God, I so desperately need you. I long, I need you so bad, God, you have to go with me. Those dreams and those visions like Joseph had, if Joseph would have done them, they would have not been God-sized dreams. It far out blew his mind, I guarantee it. There's those dreams and visions that God has given you. And God wants to open up the box and pour into you what he has for you. But he wants intimacy with you. He wants intimacy with you. So what happens? God, go, or God goes with them and they get to the Jordan River and they send the 12 spies and they forgot again what happened. God promised them that land but they had fear. Do you see how this relates to our lives? Or am I just speaking to myself? God's called us to do things far greater than we can ever imagine. But yet fear grips us, as Kathy was sharing earlier. Fear grips a hold of us and has a tight rein on us because we've allowed it to happen. Because at the name of Jesus, fear bows. Chains are broken. There's power in that song because it comes from the word of God that every knee, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So believe God wants to do something in your life this morning. I said that I feel like he's sharing things with you that he shared with you a long time ago. 
that maybe you've forgotten. But he wants to renew, refresh that vision. Refresh and renew that vision here at Spirit of Life Church. Things that were prophesied 15, 20 years ago. God wants to bring to fruition. Be confident in this very thing that he that began a good work and it will carry it out to completion. God designed you for pleasure. You seek the pleasure from him. It says in 1 Peter, cast all your anxieties upon him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing the same kind of suffering be, um, are being experienced by your brother, brotherhood throughout the world. And after you suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory, Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. will restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Because you're casting all upon God. Because he cares for you. Finally, be strong in the Lord and might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of the evil one in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day. And having done all, to stand firm. To stand firm. But the thing is, is you put on the full armor of God, then you stand. And by putting on the full armor of God, what you're doing is you're creating intimacy with God. Because as you create intimacy with God, what God starts to do is he fights for you. He goes into those battles for you. He allows things to happen, but he stands there and he fights for you. Like Moses and the Amaleks, what do you do? He lifted up his hands and God fought for him. And he had brothers on each side lifting up his hands to help him. That's why we need each other. We can't tear each other down. We need to lift each other up. Because that's the enemy trying to rob, steal, and destroy you. And destroy others. So what have you done? When God spoke those things to you, what have you done? Have you assumed you maybe you haven't heard from the Lord correctly? 
or have you dug in? And you said, no, God promised me this. God told me this. I know I'm holding on to the word of the Lord. I know with all my might I'm holding on to the word of God. I'm not letting fear creep in. I'm not letting the enemy win. Because greater is he who is in me than he that is in the world. I'm holding tight. I'm digging my heels in. I'm standing firm on the word of God. It's time to dig our heels in and say, enemy, flee. Enemy, be gone. Enemy, you have no authority here because I'm standing on the word of God. I'm standing on Jesus, the name that is above every name. When Jesus is mentioned, what happens? Fear bows. At the name of Jesus, what happens? The chains start to break. Why? Because there's power in the name of Jesus. Everything flows from Jesus. Everything flows from the Father down. Man, I'm hoping that the Lord is working right now because I feel awkward sometimes. But I don't care because I know God wants to do something this morning because we're called to be a different church. We're called to be heirs to the throne of God. That means everything he has, I have. That means his inheritance that he has given me, I have. I get excited about Jesus. Do you? I get excited about what he's doing in my life. Do you? Because we need to. Look what the Lord has done. He healed, he restored, he did some things in Kathy's life. Man, there's excitement in that. There's excitement about what what Becky shared this morning. That God provides. He's our Jehovah Jireh, our provider. He's also Jehovah Nisi, our banner that flies over us. And so when we put on the full armor of God and we stand firm, there's a banner that's flying over us that says, I belong to Jesus. I belong to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I belong to him. Devil, you can't get me. 
devil, you have no authority on me because I'm not giving it to you anymore. I'm standing on the word of God. So this morning we're going to go back into a song. And it's time to dig our heels in, church. It's time to pull those reins back and say, man, I'm not leaving this place until the king of glory goes with me. I'm not leaving this place until Jesus goes before me. I'm standing strong on the word of God. I'm fighting for what God's called me to do. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it because God's called me to do it. God's called me those dreams and those visions. He's the one that put them inside of me. So let's go after him. Yeah. 